Guten Morgen, ich bin Sandrine. Bonjour, je m'appelle Christa. Step into Mondays. All right, we'll keep going then. <laughs> okay, the podcast where we bridge theory and practice, and you get to see our brains at work. Ooh, that I love that line when we go to that one. I'm always like, oh. And I know we said pretty much most podcasts after that, most recordings, we go, oh, that's a scary thought, but you know. Well, yeah, it is. It, it is, but it's also a beautiful thing. Minds at work. That's what we like to see people thinking. And too often I've seen things in training or in presentations and I've been like, this is great. But then been like, but how, how what does it look like in my classroom? And I never could make that full bridge. So mm -hmm. I think it's yeah, important to walk through it. It's very tricky. Yeah. Let's just jump into it, shall we? Okay. All right. Okay. So today we decided that we are going to talk to you guys about something that we both do in different ways, or we both do it with our classes, and it happens outside of class. Mm -hmm. Because let's, let's face it, I mean, I did like when I had the high school students because I saw them a lot more than I see my university students, but I still never had enough time to do, I didn't have enough time to do whatever I wanted. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we want to make it interesting to them, but we can't hit all topics that might interest them. So, well, we and I have... think though some of that is, I'm, you know, I know we're probably beating a dead horse, but some of that is because, beat a dead horse to a pulp, look, that's what I thought of. I think of your expression when, uh, when I, um, <laughs> when I said that, but, you know, you're, we don't get to cover, we don't get to do all of the fun things we want to do because we have to quote, cover the topics, right? We have so many chapters that we have to cover because they're going to be moving on to the next, um, to the next course and the next professor and they're going to say well they're not prepared because you didn't cover the subjunctive as well as you know you should have or something like that and so um you know we do have some some frustration with that and i think there are probably a lot of you out there who have that same frustration <laughs> yeah uh, and some of us are forced to cover a lot more grammar than others right that's true and i think so i think that you know we where some of this came from is out of our frustration <laughs> that when we were discussing it, we're like, how can we get the students to love the language mm -hmm. um, and get them to see it as more than just a course that they have to get through? I mean, that's, that's really what our goal is. We want them to see that they can use the language for fun, for right. enjoyment, for entertainment, that it's not it's not just a utilitarian tool, which I think in some ways, and I've been guilty of this kind of too, is I've really been pushing languages will help you with your career. And yes, they will. But 
it, it, it's so much more than that. And so while we do need to, I think we've got to have a balance of, yes, it's good for your career, especially because we're thinking college students and getting majors and whatnot. So it was going to help you in your career, but we also want them to realize that it's something that they can just enjoy and have fun with. And so that's kind of where all of this came from, because we were so frustrated feeling like we weren't really getting our students to that point. Well, and then there's also the fact that um, we do that proficiency unit at the beginning of the semester. Mm -hmm. And we take some time talking about proficiency, right? And, and for those of you who may be new or maybe had, did not listen to that episode when we revamped it, um, proficiency unit is some time we take in each of the first lessons a little bit and some of it they do at home but we talk to them about proficiency language uh, proficiency levels first of all so that we kind of reset the expectations mm -hmm. and so we get past the oh 10 minutes a day and you will be an advanced level um so then they don't have that they don't get to the end of the first semester and then go well i thought i would be able to discuss this problem with such and such person right and then they can't and they're frustrated so there there was that behind it but we talked to them about the proficiency levels the modes of communications the myth of language learning you know what's what's out there that is true and maybe that is not mm -hmm. um what else do we have on there i know i'm forgetting stuff google translate google translate right how yes you can look up words if you need them but google translate is not the way to go so <laughs> we right. we have all of those elements in there but then we go and we teach and sometimes i kind of feel like that they must be thinking well we talked about this but what we're doing in the classroom doesn't 100 follow what you preached Right. And, and, and that is very frustrating because we, I mean, we all have certain things that we have to conform to in our schools, mm -hmm. in our departments, in our districts, whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that's a way to expand that because like, I mean, Bill, Bill Van Patten said it, and we all very well aware of it, that the input is what is making all the difference. They need that contact with the language with the authentic language and us talking to them in the target language is not enough. So, yeah, and it's, it's kind of funny because for me, what I do is I call it proficiency activities and I could probably find a more creative term with it. <laughs> but that came from something that I actually came across probably 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. So it's not, not new, but it's a Spanish teacher. And I honestly, I don't have that for a long time. I had that paper because I have printed it for a very, very long time, but I don't know what I've done with it. And I cannot find that source anymore. So if you are that Spanish teacher who did it, please come out of the woodwork so we can give you credit for it. But she had these activities and she would ask her students to do them outside of the classroom. And she had a list that they could pick from. And so I looked at it and I thought that is a fabulous idea to ask them to do that because they decide what they want to do. And from there, I mean, I morphed it into my own things and what they were going to do. Um, and then we had the 
after that, we talked about doing the proficiency unit. And so it kind of all came into one thing. Mm -hmm. So that's what I have. So what is it that you do that is the beyond the classroom? Right. Well, that's what I was going to say. This, you know, this, these activities and these things do meet that, you know, that um, communication standard, honestly, of connections, because they may use their language to connect to another discipline, or, um, you know, it can also meet the community standard because you're using the language, like you said, beyond the classroom. And hopefully it will develop a habit that they have for lifelong learning. So I am um, the, the director or coordinator or whatever you want to call it for the introductory program at my university. So that's the first three courses. So that is primarily what I've been teaching over the last few years. Um, when I do teach, you know, Spanish for professionals or, you know, um, the Spanish conversation or span, you know, one of the other courses, which I'm ready to get back to, honestly, um, I do a lot of what um, we're going to talk about that you've been doing in your classes. But in the beginning classes, I was like, what can we do um, with a novice low learner? <laughs> and so, I mean, it's, it's, it was like, wow, I need to do something. So we, I actually chose a comprehensible input novel. Um, it is Los Agentes Secretos y um, La Muralla de Picasso by Mira Cañones. Um, and uh, I was a little nervous. I thought, I'm not sure if, you know, these learners can handle this. But we honestly, we didn't start the novel until week five of the class and they're very, very short and they do it on their own. They read it on their own. So for some, it may take them longer. Some it may take, you know, not take as long. And we do have some very simple, short comprehension questions for each chapter in English so that we can make sure that they um, are understanding it. And they do that uh, online in our learning management system. And so, they're, they're reading it on their own, um, but then we do have a project at the end. It's a group project. Um, our university is all about team-based learning, so they have to work in teams. And so they, they have several different options that they can choose for their project, and we can talk a little bit about those. And so they work to complete a project about agentes secretos. Um, so, and one of those um, projects is, uh, I mean, you can do that actually for your own, you know, proficiency activities if you want to. Um, one of them is to create an Instagram post for each of the four main characters. So each person in the group, because I don't allow more than four people in a group, they can create their own Instagram um, post um, for that. They can create a movie trailer if they want to for the book. Um, they can actually create a cartoon uh, based on that if they want to. Um, some of them, and I'm beginning to think that I'm going to um, change this one because they don't have the language skills for it. Uh, I'm trying it, you know, I tried it last semester 
And um, I realized, eh, but then I forgot with all of the COVID stuff to change it for the fall. So it's still on there. So we'll see how the fall goes. But one of them was to rewrite the ending of the book. And mm -hmm. some of them, they don't really have the language they need for that. So I'm thinking I'm going to move that to 102 or 201 because we're going mm -hmm. to continue these books through all three courses. Um, so you never do anything in class specifically with the book, right? Um, no, I don't. Some of the teachers, I told them that if they want to spend some time on it, then they are welcome to to take some class time to do it some have some haven't um and most of the most of the the professors honestly have been shocked because they were thinking i was crazy <laughs> and that there was no way <laughs> this was gonna they were like how are they gonna do this this book is gonna be too hard for them but in talking with them the kids are really getting it and um it really gives them a sense of pride mm -hmm. um that they finished you know, one semester, I'm like, holy mackerel, I read a book all in Spanish. You know, and the funny thing with mine, because like this semester, I have 101 and 102. So first semester, second semester. Um, and I, I get a lot of the first semesters. And I was going to wait till week three, three, potentially four before I had them start doing it. And when I was creating my class, I kind of messed it up and I started it on week two because I got I lost track of where I was and so well, I had it on week two semester, that's okay well yeah but um I mean week one they were ready to go they were asking me they were like okay we have this due like where when are we starting where are we finding the information how we go about it they were ready to go they you know they had very little French because it was their true beginners Week one, you know, they, they have like, comment tu t'appelles? Je m'appelle, d'où viens tu? You know, the basic stuff. Mm -hmm. And they were ready to go and explore the World Wide Web in French. That's awesome. And I, I thought that was pretty, that was pretty cool because they were not completely scared of it. Although mm -hmm. I'm sure they were a little bit nervous. Or like, oh, what am I going to be able to understand and all of that. But in the activities that I give them, and I've expanded a little bit as far as what I give them, but um, this this time I've done it in the format of a choice board. Mm -hmm. And some of it is just go find some cartoons in French and go watch them. Mm -hmm. um, listen to a podcast, which that one is a little bit harder. Right. Um, read an article from a magazine or from the news. A lot of them went to the news and were reading stuff on, which was interesting too. I think a lot of them early on, they were trying to read stuff on COVID. Yeah. I guess it got to them. They got curious to see, well, are they saying the same things over there that they're saying over here? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so it's a mix of watching, listening, reading, um they can even go if they're into sports i have some who are very much into sports and they'll ask can i watch a soccer game sure go watch a soccer game have fun absolutely because yeah you can watch a game and ignore it i do it every time i listen to a football game and now by my football game i completely ignore the cbs announcers oh well, they're stupid oh, and <laughs> And if you're a Bama fan, you know exactly what I'm talking about. 
because I'll say something and then Chris goes, they just said it. I'm like, oh, really? So you could potentially watch the game and not listen, but it's still, there are some elements when you're listening to a game, a rhythm that is very different. So they get to experience. Listen, the first time I listened to- not just about the language either. It's also about the, the culture. The first time I listened to a soccer game in Spanish, I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> they are talking so fast. And I'm like, I can't understand maybe one word every five minutes. What in the world are they saying? Unless they say goal. Right. I was going to say, it was the word you understood was when they went goal. <laughs> that was so hard. Yeah. Yeah, no, but it, that's where it becomes interesting because they are exposed to that. Um, one activity I have is like, imagine you have the equivalent of $100 to spend on an outfit. Go find one of the stores that is a local, you know, Frank, French or Francophone online store. What are you buying? Was that, you know, $100? Or if it's in France, they're 100 euros. Or if it's in Canada, the 100 um Canadian dollars, what are you listening to that? What are you buying? Because the fashion is going to be a little bit different too, right? What you're saying then is it's kind of like a choice board. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. it is a choice board. They have a, they have a choice board every week. Yeah, I give them the same for the whole semester because there are like 30 or 40 activities on it. They have plenty. And I've told them they can repeat if there's something they really like. They can repeat two or three times, but that's it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because otherwise... Credit, no credit thing, or do you really grade them? No, credit, no credit. So I have, um, so they get two documents at the beginning of the semester. One is the explanation of the proficiency activities. So I tell them, okay, you are doing and the timeline because they are busy and I wish they could spend hours doing that every day, but it's not going to happen. So I give them 30 minutes per week that they have to do. I'm like, I mean, come on, that's five minutes a day if you want it to be that much. And I've told them you can do it in one chunk, you can do it in two chunks, three chunks, whatever you want to. Personally, I think the longer chunk is better but maybe, maybe they can't, maybe they have one of those weeks. And so maybe they can listen to a podcast and have five minutes here, five minutes there. Mm-hmm. Maybe they have more time and they can watch a whole movie. Right. Um, so they decide. And then once every Friday, cause I have anything that is due, I have it where it's due on Friday. That way, if I want to look at it over the weekend, I can. Uh, then if they also have an issue, they can reach me because I'm not gone a wall quite yet. Although even <laughs> through the weekend, I still answer, but then it doesn't feel like it encroaches on my time quite as much. So I think it works pretty well for our timeline. And so on Fridays, they turn in a little report and they have some basic questions. What did you do? What did you enjoy? What did you find difficult? Um, And for them to reflect on what they've done before, if they're repeating it, I'm like, you know, did you, have you done this activity before and now are you finding it easier or was it the same or harder, depending on, you know, maybe they watched something that was more difficult. Um, And if not, you know, if it's not a repeat, ask them, you know, how did you feel about it? 
So just to kind of have them, you know, is it becoming easier? And I see it as the semester progresses. I see where they say, oh, it's becoming easier. I can, I, I understood more words. I was able to catch more words. And I have a few where they're producing. Um, so I have one where they can make a Jeopardy game. You know, it works pretty well. One of my students uh, actually did one earlier on the semester. He sent it to me and it was pretty good. And I was like, holy cow. Yeah, good review here. And I didn't do the work. So I passed it on to the, the lab, the equivalent of the lab people that we have. And I said, hey, you can use it in class if you want to. Make sure you double check everything for errors, but go and play it. He did it. Let, let's put that to work. And um, same student one day did a um, comic strip. And it was good because he showed, I mean, and it was a basic one of saying hello and like a little meeting between people. But as his reflection, he said it was nice. He enjoyed doing it because he felt like he could actually use what he had seen in the classroom. So to him, it felt like, oh, yeah, I've seen this. I've seen the theory. Now I'm putting it in practice, even if it was in a comic strip. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there is a lot for them to discover because they're going to be exposed to the language one way or another. Well, and, you know, and I think this is a really good thing because we know from a lot of research that students like to have choice. Mm -hmm. And so giving them these different options um, is it's kind of empowering to them because then they can choose something that they enjoy. I mean, maybe they don't enjoy comics, you know, that's not their right. thing, so they don't have to do that. Exactly. So, um, I think that that's really important, but it's also giving them opportunities, like you said, if they're interested in soccer or whatever, you kind of meet them with what they're interested in and they're gonna, they're gonna be more excited about it. And I see it, in my evaluations at the end of the semesters without fail in my evaluation, I have multiple comments about how the, the proficiency activities were great, how they really enjoyed that because they were able to explore their own thing. Um, last semester, one of my students, and I, I had to actually go watch the videos to make sure because everything he was watching was grammar videos. And I was like, okay, well, if you're watching a grammar video where they're explaining French grammar, but it's in English, that's the, that's not that's not what we're trying to do. So I went and watched it. Well, those grammars were in those videos were in French, and they were talking about the French grammar in French. So he was getting a double whammy there, but loved it. He did it. I don't know how many times he said. Every time he did them, he said, "You know what? Now I understand it so much better." So I thought that was pretty amazing there, but he went and found them. But um, and then if it's something they want to do and it's not on the choice board, they ask me and I'll think about it. And if it seems like, yeah, they can get something out of it, I'll let them do it. The one that I've removed and uh, they were not too happy when I removed it because I did it mid semester was listening to songs. <laughs> <laughs> Because I felt like they were going, they were jamming, but they weren't necessarily paying attention to it. And then I listened to two songs and that was it. And it's like, okay, that's not 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. So I thought there is so much more out there. And if they're enjoying it, they're going to go find the music on their own anyway. Yeah. 
So I removed that one. I was like, yeah, we, we're not going to do that. But I mean, I even have what they can do a, a virtual tour of an art museum because you have so many that have that. Right. And maybe they don't hear much language, but still they're exposed to that culture, right? They're seeing what's in that museum. It gets them curious. Um, and I was going to tell you that the music, it's interesting that you took the music off because you had shared with, I don't know if you shared it on here or if it was just with me, everything kind of, you know, runs together, mm -hmm. but the idea of having students create a playlist for mm -hmm. a character or something. Yeah. So I had mentioned that when we were um, talking about the Agente Secretos project, some kids had some questions. So we were talking about that a little bit. And I, you know, had said, well, you've got all the guidelines. You can go, you can read them, choose your project. And I said, um, let me ask you this. I said, it's not an option for this semester, but I may add it next semester. And when I mentioned that to them, oh, some of those kids, their eyes lit up and they're like, <laughs> oh man, I can imagine what Mario's playlist would be like. And, you know, they really thought that that was a fun idea. So I am thinking that for the spring semester, I'm going to take off for 101, I'm going to take off the write a new ending to the book and put in the song. Yeah, see, the, the thing with the song, and I want to do it, we talked about it um, when we were talking about using social media in your lit classes. Okay. That's the one where we talked about it. Um, and I still want to do it because I think it would be fun. The danger with that one is that are they going to use just songs from the target language? If they do, it's definitely going to force them to go find a lot of songs they wouldn't typically listen to. Mm -hmm. But here, because it's based on their interest, they're going to go and they're going to find one artist or maybe two artists, and they're going to listen to that same song over and over and over again. And then the feedback I was getting when they were doing the songs, they were saying, well, I had a hard time understanding because mm -hmm. it is music. It is different. I right. mean, it's, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, I was going to say it's on the level of poetry, but I think it's even harder than poetry. Oh, yeah. Sometimes I can't even understand the words of an English song. I'm like, Emma, my daughter will look at me. She'll go, Mom, that's not the words. I'm like, it's not. What are they saying? Oh, yeah. I can't even uh, understand them in English. I mean, I'm notorious to make up words. To, to either get them wrong or not hear them correctly. Yes. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's one thing. But then, you know, sometimes they have to tweak the word to make it fit. Mm -hmm. Sometimes in the way that it's used. Yeah. Um, so understanding the song is, it's on a deeper level. It's not, you know, it's a much more advanced skill. Yeah, that's true. Well, and that's why I removed it. But I think putting it in that other context, I think it's fun. Well, and I'm thinking, though, one. I mean, maybe I could say something. I mean, you know, you hate to be so prescriptive. Mm -hmm. But sometimes if you're not with some students, you're, they're going to give you three songs. So right. I don't know if I should have a minimum number of songs they have to have. And if I should say like 75% of them have to be in the target language, 25% should be mm -hmm. in probably another language. I mean, I really do hate to be so prescriptive, but 
I just, I know so many of these students and I mean, I, it's a, it's a struggle. You can't have to just because you're going to have the one who's going to try to find the shortcut and say, oh, well, his playlist is, um, <laughs> and I mean, I've done that because last spring, all I did when I was traveling was I would listen to the soundtrack, soundtrack to um, Notre Dame, uh -huh. the, the opera. And so I had it and it had to play in the right order. The, otherwise it didn't work, but I played that on a loop and that's all I played. And I could have said, well, that's my playlist and okay, it works. But in this context, that wouldn't work. And that's kind of what they were doing to me on the proficiency activity. They would listen to the one, one or two songs and then they were like, oh yeah, I've listened to it. And maybe they did listen to it for 30 minutes, but I didn't feel like they were getting as much out of it. Mm -hmm. And you can listen to music, but then not listen to it. Right. Well, and a lot of kids these days, I mean, they've always got their earbuds in and mm -hmm. so they're listening to music no matter what. And, and so they, they just kind of tune it out. So right. what are you thinking? What would be a good number of songs? Is 10 too many? I don't think so. Maybe 10 songs. How many different artists? I mean, should I make that a requirement too? <laughs> Not necessarily, but uh, because it has to fit the character, right? I guess I could say 10 different, 10, 10 songs with a variety of artists. 10 songs, variety of artists. It fits that personality. Because if you're, if the character is somebody who would listen to hip hop, yeah. then, I mean, it might be difficult for them to find a lot of hip hop artists that they, they, they think would fit that character. Um, so I wouldn't worry so much about that, but the different songs, and then I don't know, at least half and half, maybe where half would be target language, half would be English. Cause I'm thinking finding songs in target language can be quite difficult if you don't know where to start. Yeah. And then they have to listen to it to make sure that the song would fit what that character would listen to. Mm-hmm. So there's a pretty big effort in there where if it's songs in their native language, because I mean, it could, it doesn't have to be English songs, right? I have students from all over the map right? Um, in my classes. So maybe some of the songs come from their native language and it fits that character, but then they would know it, mm -hmm. have more familiarity, but maybe they still have to go and search it because again, Maybe our student is listening to, I don't know, is listening to rap, but the character would be somebody who would listen to soul music. Then they're having to go and look for that, mm -hmm. be it in their native language or in the target language. I think I'd do probably 50-50, make it slightly easier because that can turn into a time-consuming project. Well, that's true. So would you just have them create the playlist or would you have them write a short paragraph as to why they chose the songs they chose? Or is that taking the fun away? <laughs> I think that's taking the fun away. I would just have them do the playlist because the, the fun of the activity is for them to experience the target language. Right. From the moment we are tying it to some kind of a report. Right. It takes away the fun. You're right. You're right. It takes away the fun. And I mean, the only reason I'm doing the report on mine, because I know some people might be listening and go, well, you have them do a report is because first I need the accountability. What did you do? Mm -hmm. 
And then um, for them to reflect on it, I want them to reflect on what their takeaway was. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest element of that um, of that project is the takeaway. Like, right? right. What That's- did you think about it? Was it fun? Would you do it again? Mm-hmm. Do you ask them why they chose the particular activity, or I mean, what all is on your your sheet that they fill out? I don't, I think I used to at some point, but I don't anymore. And I very much simplified it. So the, and I'm this semester, I made it into a Google form, which Mm -hmm. I keep tweeting, not tweeting, tweaking. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not throwing it on Twitter every single week. Um, So for instance, when I started, because I had for the date so I could keep track of it. Well, I had that as an open-ended question. And then I realized that was a big mistake because none of them put the date in the same format. Ah. Although I asked them, give the week range of dates from Monday to Friday, but some would give me the date of the activity. So, I mean, it was all over the place. So finally, I just put it so they have the choice. They just click the bubble of what the date is. Uh, Their name, since it's a Google form, Otherwise, I don't know where it came from. Right. Uh, actually, I do have why. I have what activity did you decide to do? Why did you pick it? I actually okay. did. Um, what did you like best about this activity? Mm-hmm. Did you experience any difficulties completing this activity for 30 minutes or more? Just because if it's something they were able to do in five minutes, I want to know, you know, like maybe it's not worth keeping it. Right. Um, what did you find easy about completing this activity? And then if you already completed that, um, did you find this one easier about the same? Why do you think it was easier or about the same? Mm-hmm. And if I look at some of the responses, um, <laughs> one of that it's she said I chose to do a francophone tv show I chose this because it seemed like one of the easier activities to do starting out and I knew that it would also be engaging oh well hey which is a very valid answer and it was early into the semester too that was one of the first ones they did the first week mm-hmm. um one did because uh, I also have they can learn a song and record themselves singing and <clears throat> some of them want to share and I'm like if you're really proud of it you can share it otherwise don't worry about it um, but one of my students didn't she said I decided to do the learn a song and uh, record yourself and she said I really love music and singing I thought being able to learn French song would be a really engaging fun activity to do for my first week um, and then she, she did, she said the one she picked and she said she thought it was really touching and beautiful song to sing. So I do have a song actually in there um, that they can do. It's just a different take. So it's not just, oh, passively listen to 20 songs and that's that. Mm-hmm. So they have it. Um, see in this one, they said watch cartoons in the target language, but they didn't tell me why. Um but what did you like best about this activity? Um, she said, I think in the beginning of learning new language is better that I get a sense of French and its feelings. Mm, okay. So, but then she said, difficulty said it was tough. I literally did not understand anything. 
<laughs> I could only sense the tone of the characters and then guess the meaning of their sayings. Ah, look at that. Using those uh, mm -hmm. other skills, not, not just the language, but other verbal and nonverbal cues, the tone. Right. And in the What Did You Find Easy? She said, well, it's a cartoon. So I got the theme and the content. And at the end, I kind of have a general but vague sense of French, even though I cannot understand the meaning of the words. So she still gets something out of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely interesting. Well, and I think, you know, you require the 30 minutes, but you've got, you know, we are college. And as you said, we do not see them every day. Um, right. You know, I hate that I only see mine two days a week for an hour and 15 minutes. That's not, you know, the best for language learning, but you know, it is what it is. So I think, yeah, that, that is um, 30 minutes is not all that much. But, you know, perhaps for high school, you know, 15 minutes, you know, every week or something. Um, could and it's something, if you wanted to do it, you know, in the, in the previous episode that we released, well, we recorded, we don't necessarily release them in the same order. So, um, but in the one where we were talking about taking care of ourselves, we're saying you can add activities in your class that are low prep for you. Maybe it's something you can build in there. Maybe two classes in the week, you have a 15 minute period where they work on their proficiency activity. Individually, they do their own thing. Right, right. Um, one way that I did that with my high school students, because I was just taking over the program. So I implemented so many changes. I had to not completely rock the boat because I didn't want to be thrown out of the boat. Uh, you know, because I was going to proficiency teaching and using comprehensible input. And I was not really looking at grammar because, you know, comprehensible input and um, the grades they were getting were not what they had been getting before. So I was like, okay, we, we might not need to do that. So I was building a small library and regularly I had them go and read independently for five or 10 minutes. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And I did it maybe once a week, maybe two, it depended how I felt about it. Um, and doing it and they didn't do any kind of report on it sometimes I would ask them what they had seen in their readings what they had been able to to catch and understand but um, I you know so that can be a way to implement it if you're in K through 12 and mm -hmm. you're like I'll never get them to do it on their own maybe you do meet your students face to face and they don't have internet when they get home yeah so then how are they going to do it they cannot do it that is not a good practice to go, well, figure it out, right? We can't do that. So then you incorporate it in your classroom and they have the day and maybe they know the days. Maybe you surprise them on the days. You've rotated. They never know when it's going to happen, but then they're anticipating it. Maybe one day you said, today we're doing 15 minutes, go find your thing. Or maybe it is, oh, today we, we need a little bit more self-care. So we're going to do 15 minutes of it. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's, oh, we're a busier week this week. Let's just do five. And um, you could even have them where maybe they project next time, here is the activity I'm going to do. Maybe that's one of their homework thing. Maybe it's one of their, um, uh, shoot, what do you call them? Not the warm-ups, but the, the things that they do when they all come into class. Bell ringers. Do what? Bell ringer. 
bell ringers. Yeah, maybe that's the bell ringer. Next time I'm doing a proficiency activity, here is what I'm going to do. And this is where I'm going to find it. This is the kind of the ID. So then when you're ready for it, you say, okay, we're doing proficiency activity. You have 10 minutes, then they know where they're going with it. Because otherwise, let's face it, we know how they're going to go. They're going to spend five minutes going, well, should I do this or should I do that? What should I do? Right. Well, do you, this was um, something that um, I was wondering, do you um, have them talk? Do you talk about this in class and maybe have some students share, oh, I did this and it was super cool? Or do you just leave it alone and not, and not talk about it in class? Uh, it depends. So this semester, since we're fully online and I feel like I already don't have enough time, no. I've very much left it alone. But in the past, having my students face to face, I, uh, especially early on, I would spend about five or 10 minutes and we would do that in English. Obviously, they don't have the language skills. And I would ask them and I'll say, okay, what did you do this week? Did you do this one? Because I hadn't looked at it then. So what did you think? And just a few ideas because then it inspired other ones. It also reminded the ones who maybe had forgotten that that was due that, mm -hmm. oh yeah, I need to do this to incorporate that into their daily routine. Um, and then I might have talked about it two, three weeks in a row, and then I'll leave it alone. Unless there is something very much that they fully want to share. Like one of my students last year, she borrowed um, my Harry Potter book, which is in French, mm -hmm. and she was rereading it. So sometimes after reading it, she would say something because she didn't do it every week, depending what she had going on in the time that she had, because she would read forever. Um, so sometimes she would say, oh, you know what? I got to this and I noticed that this was different or I noticed that or I saw that. And at which point we might have talked about it for a minute, but that was informal before or after class, that type of thing. But yeah, otherwise I don't take that much time in class to talk about it. You know, and, and I've thought about that and, you know, the pros and the cons and, you know, just having them do it for fun, like with Agente Secretos, they're just reading it outside of class to show that they can do it and that it's fun. They're getting some input, but I have thought about trying to incorporate more um, of like when we talk about describing people, um, you know, maybe trying to incorporate more of, of uh, the book into it, but and I'm kind of torn because I'm thinking, well, do I want to do that? And so they say, so that they see, yes, I'm aware of what you're doing outside of class, this and the other, or is that going to take away from just the fun of reading? I, I haven't decided yet. I think because you have the book, they're reading the book and they have something at the end. And I mean, if they want to fake it, it's going to be a little bit more difficult. Also, they're working in groups. Yes. So their partners are going to take issue if they have not read the book and they don't know what's going on. True. Because even, I mean, it doesn't matter where the students are. They get kind of, they get pretty offended if they're doing the work and one person is not, they're pretty peeved about it. Well, we're, we're, it's human nature. We're all that way. I mean, you know, yeah. sometimes when you're working on a project and I mean, you and I've both been there and it's like, you know, we're the one doing all the work. Our colleague is not doing mm -hmm. this, that, or the other. I mean, I, when you've been teaching as long as I have, especially over 25 years, I mean, you're, you know, I remember in, in, you know, 
my elementary school, I'm like, I'm the one who did this and they did nothing. And yes, we were all on a committee, but I'm the one who did it all. I mean, it's, you know, kind of the same thing. Yeah, no, 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 it is. So in your case, it's a little bit more difficult because they have the rest of the group that Mm -hmm. they're, um, they're accountable to. Yeah, for mine, they're doing it individually because it's not something they can do in a group. Right. Uh, I mean, they can do a watch party if they wanted to for a movie and I've told them they could do that. I have no issue with it. It can be their, um, it can be their proficiency activity. Uh, recently for mine, um, a 102, one of their end of the chapter project was they were creating a tour. Mm-hmm on um and so and they were exploring i told them i said make tell me about your ideal trip what is it where do you want to go and i told them he said it can be anywhere in the world if you want to stay in the u.s that's perfectly fine you want to tour all 50 state by all means be my guest it is your trip and so i told them i said but you're going to have to discover it and i want you to discover all of that in french because then you'll know what places are called in french And so because they were having to do that additional research, I told them, I said, if you want that research to be your proficiency activity, that is fine. You can do that. Because then I knew they had spent, you know, at least 30 minutes doing research. So it's a, it's a, for me, it was a, a Mm win-win. Because either way they were doing it. So that's that's the part where, you know, I have some leeway. And then if it's, um, I don't typically remove it in the middle of the semester because I want them to get into that habit and then they have that habit. Mm-hmm. And then um, toward the end of the semester, because then they start having exams or whatnot, then I might remove it. But if I were still at the high school, that's the time where you have those broken up classes because you only have part of a, of a class because let's face it, there was an assembly or there was something or it's picture day or, you know, we know, we know what it's like in K through 12, your full <laughs> days, not necessarily your full day. So you're having those random classes that you're like, what am I supposed to do with 12 minutes? That's where you can pl- plug it and go, let's do this. And then they have it. So and it push. I mean, what I like is that it pushes the boundary of the class because they might discover something I didn't know about and they will share because they get so excited. And then I found something new. So that's also the nice part about it. But mm-hmm. overwhelmingly, they like it. At first, they're like, oh, I have to do this additionally. But it's like, you know what? That That's your homework. So it's a little bit more meaningful than filling the blanks. Oh, that's a little bit more meaningful than conjugating this, this verb chart. You'll get a lot more out of it. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I could keep talking about this forever because it's really evolved. Um, and with what I've done with all of this, because I've done a lot of stuff over the years with it, like I said, that's been 10 years in the work, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's it's interesting. And there's plenty of, now with all of the choice boards that exist out there, there are plenty that you can find out there and that you can inspire yourself from or mm-hmm. some of the activities. Or if you want to know more about the activities, I'll gladly share my documents. So feel free to reach out and I'll, 
I'll share it with you and let you can see everything that's on there and then you can adapt. And I change mine. I mean, especially now that it's on the Google Doc, it's so easy to do. I'll go through and I'll decide, you know what? I don't think they're doing this one. I'm not seeing anybody doing it. Maybe I need to reframe it. Or maybe I need to give them better resources because said, sometimes they have great ideas. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, and so you think, oh, well, that, that's really cool. So let me add that one. And this one's not so popular. I'll tweak it and take that mm -hmm. one off. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's been interesting because before all I had was input before it was either listen, watch or read. Mm -hmm. But now I've incorporated where they also have some output. Right. And so they're enjoying that as well because then they feel like, oh, I'm using the language too. Absolutely. So they, they do enjoy that also to have that opportunity to do that. So definitely. Yeah. Well, cool. I think that, uh, if, if anybody has any questions about that, like you said, you know, you can share your documents or we'll be happy mm -hmm. to provide other information. You can just drop us a line at stepintomondays at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at into Mondays. So um, with that, I think, are we ready for our aha moment? I am ready. All right. So what podcast were you listening to this week that inspired you? <laughs> I didn't. <gasps> no, that's not dun, dun, dun. Well, I listened to a lot of podcasts and I had things that I heard that I was like, oh, wow, mind boggling. Um, but uh, as I was I don't know, I was thinking about it. And yesterday, um, I don't know that we've mentioned it. I know we mentioned that we are recording and not putting it in order, but today's the day after the elections. And so yesterday I had a hard time concentrating and I was just flutter fluttering everywhere, doing things, playing off my desk. And I was like, I'm kind of listening to things, but I had to, to kind of remove myself from anything that was quote unquote educational. <laughs> so, so okay. I listened. I mean, I mentioned it to you earlier. So I went to basically to all of my murder um, podcasts, murder mysteries and murders that have happened and all of that, because, you know, what's unstressful, like, you know, that kind of thing, but it just wasn't as there. But as I was flitting around, I was looking through my office and I decided to pick up um, Bill Van Patten's book while we we're on the topic. Because I flipped through it a little bit and I was like, oh, you know what? I, I want to look at it again because I haven't looked at it in a long, long while. Yes. And I <laughs> did what most people shouldn't do. I was flipping through what the first page of each chapter and then went to the epilogue <laughs> <laughs> and started reading the epilogue. And I was like, okay, probably not the, the best thing, but at the same time, it's all of your takeaways. And I was like, why did I never read the epilogue before? Because in there, he has a whole description of a first day of a unit that he called what we did last night and what that says about us. Mm. And he has it in English. So you can, everybody, no matter the language we teach, can see what's going on. 
And he's got the whole hour laid out. I remember that. Yeah. Vaguely. And it's basically your pace model, not necessarily the pace model, but he's introducing vocabulary, having them go through as he's asking them questions and going through all of that and then making them put it in order. So they're using it. They're thinking about it. So at first they've used it a lot, you know, prompted by him. And then they're using it on their own. They're using it back with him. Then he's adding to that. And, and then he keeps carrying on with it and building on it, scaffolding it. And I thought, this is the best example of a lesson. Mm-hmm. And it kind of goes in line. I mean, it's a different topic, but when um, we talked to him, you and I, and you know, at the end we asked him, so what does your classroom would have looked like? And he took us through one, right? It was one of the early lessons too, like day one or day two going with that. And it was fabulous. I mean, listening to him, I mean, I could listen to Bill for hours and just like be in awe, but um listening to it was fascinating because it put it, it made it click a little bit better but here seeing it because he's got everything that he would say that they would respond and i thought ah well that is what i've been looking for and i'm supposed to introduce the future in my 102 class tomorrow so i was like okay back to the drawing board we go <laughs> So that was my aha moment because I was like, oh man, I've had this resource sitting on my bookshelf for several years. And how did I not remember that? Or how did I miss that? Yeah. So yeah, there you have it. Not from a podcast. Not from a podcast. I'm impressed. All right. right. So so (laughs) I, I love audiobooks. Um, and because I have an hour commute every, you know, every day, generally, I mean, this year I don't, and I'm honestly really missing, um, you know, my audiobooks. and I actually have several, I'm a, you know, I get a book a month in audible and I'm like, wow, I am so behind. <laughs> so yesterday I was uh, waiting. My car had to get tires. And so I was waiting. I thought I'm going to listen to the rest of this book. It's the one that that you had recommended um, by Mark Manson, The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F. Mm. Yes. So I finished finished that book and um, it's not, it's not my typical book. I'm, you know, (laughs) not going to lie there. That's not, it's not a typical book for me. And you know, he likes to sprinkle that F word a lot in there. Yes, he does. And I just do not like that. But anyway, um, so we were, uh, I was listening to it and he was, I mean, there was so much in there, but one of the things that he said, you know, is that we're all going to die, which is, you know, so uplifting, right? <laughs> um, but that we all have, you know, but when we realize that and when we come face to face with our own mortality, we realize that all of the things that we thought were important aren't really important. Mm-hmm. And what we don't tend to think a lot of times as important, that's what we realize, man, that's really important. And, but, but it's not until we, you know, can face our own mortality that we realize that. And especially here in the United States, you know, we don't like to think about that. 
Mm-mm. We don't want to think about that. We don't want to talk about that. And so it just, I guess it really, really hit me um, as I was listening to that yesterday and, and, you know, being very stressed out about the elections and whatnot. And I thought, you know, that this is exactly right. And what is it that I am, what trivial thing am I so consumed with right now that really is not going to matter in the long run? You know, and when you start thinking about it in those terms, I mean, it really does kind of help shape your priorities and change them. Mm -hmm. And you go, you know what? I have to let this go. I'm going to focus on, on the big stuff. And I think that's even more important now. And so, um, you know, and some of the big stuff is spending time with my family and my daughter who wants to put Christmas up in November and (laughs) always resisted that. We have hey, always- I saw a tweet that's on November 1st that said, guess what today is? It was November 1st and they had a picture of a Christmas tree. <laughs> well, but you know, we've always said no after Thanksgiving, but now I'm like, you know what, in the grand scheme of things, if it makes my child happy, I mean, that's one of the big things is for my child to be happy. And she said, you know, mom, 2020 has just been so awful. We need to be happy and Christmas makes me happy. And so I thought, forget this man. I've got, I mean, why am I holding so rigidly to after Thanksgiving? Forget it. So I told my husband, I said, we're putting up Christmas this weekend and you can just get over it. (laughs) You know, because in the grand scheme of things, you know, when I'm on my deathbed, is it really going to matter that I adhere to that? Or is it going to matter that I made my daughter happy? Right. So, you know, when you, when you really think about, um, about about it from that perspective it's like wow that is a big wow I mean not just aha but wow so there you have it that that's a book that I highly recommend to anybody and interestingly um my daughter told me about it and it was her therapist at the time told her about it because she was stressed and whatnot and he said go read that book. It will resonate with you. And she started reading it and could not put it down. If you'll remember, we were at Wild. Mm-hmm. She got and she got a digital version of it. And uh, I was like, hey, you have to talk to the students over there. And you're over there nose in your on your iPad and you can't get away from it. And she was like, I can't get away from it. It's got so much great stuff. So eventually I picked it up and my son gave it to me for Christmas. <laughs> Funny thing. And, um, and I started reading it and I could not put it down either because it had so many good things and I actually need to pick it back up because it's, it's worth the reminder, but yeah, uh, that, that whole put in the grand scheme of thing, the whole, we're scared of doing something maybe because what if, right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so what, what if I fail? And we talked about failing in our episode on memory right? First attempt in learning, right? Maybe, maybe it didn't go, it doesn't go the way we want it to. But, you know, what, what are the odds? Maybe you reach out to somebody that you don't know and say, Hey, so I noticed you like to do this. And I like to do that too. Would you like to talk about it? Mm -hmm. Right? Would you like to collaborate? We can both work on it. Maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. Right, right. You've tried, like, you know, so now the, the disclaimer though, is you do have to get past that F word. I mean, that was hard. I think it would probably be worse listening to it. 
Yeah, maybe so because you can just gloss over it. But listening mm-hmm. to it, I was like every time I was like, oh, oh, it just made me cringe. But yeah. um, but you know, um, it did have some some interesting ideas in it. So check it out. And I tried to read the second one that he has. Like, I think it's everything is effed. I think that's the title of it. Could not get through that one. Huh, interesting. Mm-hmm. But the art, um, yes, hands down. Cool. Well, alrighty then. Um, if you guys have any great aha moments you'd like to share with us again, reach out to us. How do they do that, Sandrine? Uh, you can email us at stepintomondays at gmail.com or you can message us via Twitter, either DMs or just send us straight up a tweet. And that's at Into Mondays. That's right. So I think that uh, that's kind of a wrap. Hmm? It is a wrap. So we will talk to you later. Uh, Shoes. <laughs> Alandi. <laughs> Bis Montag. Montag.